0: Welcome back to the Section K podcast. Today is Wednesday, November the 4th. We have a special show for you today. We have the 2020 Snapple Bit Open Faturity Champion. Ms. Sarah Dawson on the podcast this week. What's up, Sarah? How's it going?
1: Hi. It's good.
0: How's it going? We got uh, Mr. Chris Dawson in the house as well. Chris has been on the Section K podcast before. What's up, Chris? Hey, not much, man. I appreciate the sympathy invite.
1: <laughs> it's actually, I'm not a standalone act. I'm, so. I'm all <laughs>
0: in on being the coattail rider, though. It's cool. Come one, come all. Yeah. Um, you guys are a team through and through, so it wouldn't be right to have uh, one on without the other. Um it's obviously been a busy month. Uh, I'm sure you guys have enjoyed a little downtime with the Snafflebit bit <laughs> fraternity wrapping up, but maybe not with a six month year old or six month old biting at the heels. So uh what have you guys been up to with the Snafflebit bit coming to a close?
1: We did not go on vacation.
0: Yeah, Sarah, so uh
2: Monday morning. Nine thirty, we slept in a little. At nine thirty Monday morning, Sarah had her trophy saddle on a two year old and was going back at them boogers. So uh the rest of y'all that are taking your time off, Sarah's not our so. employees
1: were not impressed.
0: <laughs> Shout out Terran Rice Performance Horses. I feel like the day after the N C H A fraturity, go over to his house. Same exact deal. Working twos like the fraternities tomorrow so i guess that's what it takes though if you want want these colts to be good again this time next year you just got to get right back to it so
1: we need to make them listen to this podcast it's not only us
0: (laughs) yeah it's not only us (laughs)
1: right
3: now
0: for sure yeah it's required listening (laughs) so obviously winning the open snaffle bit fraternity had to have been a dream come true i assume winning the limited i believe it was in 2015 aboard silver rays mother um what, what what it mean coming back and being able to win the open um and not only just like the intermediate or the limited open
1: yeah it, it was a kind of one of those far off dreams you know it's you always thought it would be cool but so much has to fall into place for it to actually happen so you don't really think about something like that happening um and so yeah it was it was pretty awesome and then to do it on that particular horse that had so much sentimental um, value and meaning to me made it even more special.
0: Yeah, we had Chris on actually right after, I guess shortly after the World's Greatest Horseman, after you showed Shine Smarter. And I remember you saying my wife's horse, it's so much easier to show when I'm just riding my wife's horse. So I thought it was cool uh, just from a spectator standpoint, after we had talked about Shine Smarter and then seeing you make it just on the bubble um, on this horse, marking a 651, barely squeezing in there. And then um, obviously your other horse was very much talked about, won the won the prelims on it. What were your expectations as a whole for this horse going in, going into the show?
1: The one that won it? Yeah,
0: the one that you won it on.
1: Mm-hmm. So I always knew she was a great horse all along. Um, like we draft our horses at the, the beginning of the year and she was my first pick in the draft. And probably because of the sentimental value that she has to me. Um, but like uh, when we were showing up at the prefaturities, she would get a check at all the prefaturities and do very well. Um, she might not have been as mature minded as the chick mare was, um, going into the horse shows. It didn't really have anything to do with her ability. We were just kind of thinking, you know, I think this is going to be a really good four and five year old. Um, and just needed to grow up and mature a little bit as a three year old. But, uh, so for her to go and, um, to To win it, like I, I thought she would be a finalist, but to, to actually win it, that was just above and beyond um, our expectations for her as as a three.
0: Would you have taken her first? Had you been first pick, or would you have taken? Yeah, that?
2: no, she would have been my first pick. Probably also. I mean, she was a special horse. Um, and like I tell you what, so that day that they announced the finalist, like I was riding the bubble and i'd just gotten bumped out and uh, you know it was a bummer of a day right there but then there was a typo on the deal and i thought that mare had gotten bumped out and so when they corrected that uh, the typo there and that mare made the finals because we'd sold that horse to a customer with a lot of expectations and like say i'd love that mare i knew she loved that mare and we had i mean i had a lot of expectations for that horse and so when she ended up making the finals it took a lot of the sting out of me not making the finals i mean you know you know we have horses every year that don't make the finals you know unfortunately i didn't have one in there that made the finals this year but we that's not a new thing is to not make the finals right but when i was super bummed when that horse wasn't making it but when that typo got corrected and she got in there, it, like, took all the sting out of my deal. And I was like, man, I'm so glad. She's got both them horses in there And because I, I've thought all year that she had two shots to win the thirty.
0: And obviously, like you were talking about that chick mare, uh, marking a 18 in the herd and the prelims, a 23 in the rainwork, and then going down the fence in the prelims, had a 225.5, um, finished up fourth in the finals on her. Talk a little bit about her. Um, what was she like to train and what was she like to, to show throughout the whole snaffle bit?
1: That horse, um, has always been real simple to train. Um, always wanted to get along, really enjoyed her job. Probably it wasn't until I started showing her that I didn't realize how special she was because she can go in there and maybe not feel just right but still look wicked cool, you know? Um, And I would say the thing that kind of makes her a standout, especially as a three-year-old mare, she's just so strong about things. Um, And a a lot of times those fillies maybe take a little bit longer to mature than than the Colts will. Um, But uh, she's just, she's so strong and looks so cool doing stuff and is smart. And um, so that really makes her a standout, I think
2: and she's an exceptional outcross too because like you say i mean she's a horse really that could go either any direction be it cutting, and ran or cow horse and, and be an outcross in all three of those events well,
3: one so, smart chickalinas haven't really been around right. recently because uh, how long ago was it 10 years ago that he that he passed it's away or a, something? i mean it's been he, a minute it's been a while so you it's don't see that kind of breeding especially as a three-year-old and it being obviously one of the favorites because mm-hmm. she won the prelims and yeah she's
1: she's the first one i've won um and then she's actually uh out of the mare that uh shine smarter is out of they've got the same mama um but oh, wow. his good horse traveling jones is smart chickalina too, yeah so she's
2: so. been like royalty at the house since she's been there i mean because mm-hmm. she's by tj's stud and yeah out of Juliet's mother and so, so
1: she's also had that sentimentality to us as well.
2: Yeah, we got her a little later in the year. We so did. We yeah, just weren't, in April, maybe, I think. yeah, we
0: weren't
2: 100% sure on mm-hmm.
0: her. Yeah, who rode these horses as two year olds and who had them before you guys got them?
1: So we got the chick mare in April of her two year old um, year. February, I think. Was it February? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. realize it was that early. Um, I'm not, she had probably. A dozen to thirty rides on her, maybe. I'm not sure who started her. It was someone up at Aaron Ranch.
2: It was Adam, probably, huh? Was Adam Tarpley still there?
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I feel like they might have left at that point. Um, and then the the Selva Ray horse we we had from the beginning.
0: And then who did you guys, Do you guys do all the riding yourselves as two year olds? Do you guys have someone at home that helps y'all with the two year olds, or how does the two year old program work there at Dawson Performance Horses?
2: i'm slow so t- sarah usually ends up spending a lot more time on the two-year-olds <laughs> but uh, we do have a good team of people that help us with those two-year-olds Stephen heim and jess ortiz and cole hamill mm-hmm.
3: explain to our listeners obviously we're more of a cutting centric podcast but explain to our listeners what it takes to have a three-year-old that goes the whole way through snaffle bit and i mean because it's a lot of grind during that time i mean our cutting fraternity coming up and i'm I know everybody's grinding on those horses, trying to get them ready. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves and and our horses from time to time.
1: You know, I would imagine it's the the same as it is in the cutting. I mean, you just, you feel the pressure, but, and I don't know if the owners realize this, but you just have such a strong desire for these three-year-olds to go and do well, not only for yourselves, but for the owner. Um, It's like you you've worked so hard on them for the last two years and it's like you just you want them to go out there and do good and make the owners proud of them and it's it's really gut-wrenching when it doesn't go as well and I mean you you know the owners are gut-wrenched too but like we as the trainers it's like we're just it's so sad when it doesn't go as well as you wanted it to go
2: Mm -hmm. yeah the owners can be upset about you know spending the money and this and that and that's a terrible deal but I say it's every day of working that thing for two years and it doesn't make the finals. Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't have as much money as some of the owners or whatever, but I mean, whatever. It means I don't just have, as much. Yeah. I mean, the time I put in there for me is way more valuable than any money you may put in it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You, you want it for them just as badly as they want it for themselves.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Explain the move to, uh, Fort Worth and what, The Snaffle Bit Fraternity and the World's Greatest Move into Fort Worth has done for the NRCHA and the Snaffle Bit Fraternity itself.
1: I think it's really allowed it to grow um because it's made it more centrally located, but it's also put it in in the Cutter territory and the Rainer territory. And so those guys have been able to come over and and discover what the event is about and some of them have entered up and Realize that hey, this is hard, and it's different than our event, and it's just—it's really grown it, in in my opinion, and um, has really given a whole new respect for it.
2: Yeah, I think it's really changed the perception, um, publicly speaking, of the NRCHA. You know, because before we were out there in Reno and I mean, there was a handful of people that knew about it and, you know, thought it was pretty cool and they'd go out and watch and everything else. But now it's right here in the public eye to where there's so much access to it. And like Sarah's saying, there's so many people that can come and try it now. And I think for years it has been an event that, well, if they don't quite cut, you know, maybe they'll do that. Or if they don't quite rain, maybe they'll do that. And, shoot fire i mean my dream is to go just take one to the cutting faturi that would have made a snaffle better Mm -hmm. and because right now i mean that's all i get to cut on is stuff that's not going to snaffle bit and so i say because it's it's just it's super challenging to find one that'll be that competitive at all three events you know and most of those horses i mean most of your horses are in the finals for sure if you would have just dialed him down to one event, would have been competitive Absolutely, at one or the other or both, you know? Yeah. That's what I see is that
3: it's changed that mm-hmm. perception. Just like you said, I mean, it used to be like, well, you know, this one can't cut, but you know, it lopes real pretty. I bet, I bet it can go snaffle bit. Yeah. Anymore. It's, I we mean,
1: used to get a lot of those phone yeah. calls too, saying, Hey, this one's not quite enough for the cutting. Try it for the snaffle bit. and, we, we get a lot less of those phone calls now yeah. because you realize I mean it almost takes a better horse because they have to do all three events and it's it's hard it on them
3: perfect yeah. too mm-hmm. I mean, right and
2: it's just and it's just different it's not necessarily I mean the three event deal is really hard and they got to be really good but it's just different you know I, I guess I for a while had this pre, had this uh, preconceived notion maybe overly idealistic that a cutter and a cow horse could coexist. And that's a special, special horse that can do that.
3: Those are the ones that we see at the world's greatest
0: horsemen. Call me Mitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Those are, are,
2: I mean, one in a million kind of horses, really. And so it's just a different event. You know, I mean, there's horses that, I mean, there's plenty of really good horses that are going to be really good cutters that aren't going to be a snuff bitter at all. And same thing in the rain and, you know, and, and vice versa. I'm
0: so. just kind of feeding off the call me, Mitch. I remember just seeing videos of him when the world's greatest would be in town and you'd look up a video of him at Paso or, or El Rancho or something marking like a 228 at a weekend mm-hmm. show and you're like, damn, like right. that's incredible. And I don't even know anything about riding cow horses or training cow horses or any anything that has to do with that. But to go from raining mm-hmm. to putting your hand down on a cutter – that seems like that would be really hard to do so i could totally see and just with the western bloodstock too i mean you guys are riding i mean same the sales even blood improved a lot oh the sales were out too. same blood that the cutters want so it's like yeah. we're both looking for open caliber athletes i guess is what it comes down to
3: i think that's another place i noticed it too is those those sale horses were i mean there was a ton of good sale horses this year When, you know, when it first came, there were some good ones in there, and obviously here comes the boom, or boom, was in there. But this year, to me, there was a bunch of them that looked like really good horses that could go either way. Yeah,
2: no, for sure. For sure. That that was the strongest I'd seen that sale. That
0: good Metellus had come through. I guess it was the Faturity sale, but still another Western Bloodstock sale. (laughs) Western
3: Bloodstock sale. Did that one
1: come from the... The cutting sale. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I believe he was. They put
3: him in the snaffle, snaffle a bit. bit sale last year, and then something he got sick like right before oh, the really? sale, and I think they just moved him to the our fraternity sale, no. and then uh, Miles actually passed him out and didn't sell him, and then Ben bought him after the sale, and that's a nice horse. Yeah, he had a lot hey, of success. You've been
2: doing that cow horse for cutters. You better be careful with this <laughs> our sale on our show stuff. Well, You're, you'll
0: be over here.
2: and <laughs> You'll be swapping sides here in a minute.
3: I did. It was fun, though.
0: Yeah. Did y'all watch Headland at all in the Cow Horse or Cutters? Oh yeah, we seen him. We seen him. <laughs>
1: Strong third place finish.
3: Yeah, just right out of the second, buckle. Second loser. Yeah, second. right out of buckle contention.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, what 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 are y'all's thoughts on the NRCHA incorporating the cutters and getting them involved with uh, doing some boxing and reigning at the, at the snaffle bit? No,
2: I think anything, anytime you can get new people to come and try the deal is better. I mean,
1: yeah, I think it's awesome. And if the cutters want to do it, sign me up. Yeah. We've been I'll advocating for it for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: we've, we've definitely been, I've said it the whole time I was there. I was like, man, we need to do something like this. Yeah. That'd it, be awesome. Clayton Edsel and I talked about it and I was like, this it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. It's the same, same concept both ways. It doesn't matter. Yep. We need to do it. Well, for and sure. it's
0: just to me, how, how hard could it be to save an extra set or two of cows and at the end of the day whether it's in the watt or wherever just like i talked about going back to like a grassroots kind of deal it would be so fun to watch i i'm mm-hmm. sure that it would be heavily attended and and very much uh popular just as like far as entries go.
3: Hendrix, i mean has rained all his life and, and won a bunch of raining championships and yeah, he, he was rider. at mm-hmm. yeah and he was at. This was his first time showing a snaffle bit. No,
1: week? he's done it for a few years now. He's
2: been getting it on too, yeah. and this guy's eat up with it. Yeah, like, he loves I it. I mean, it is unbelievable to see a guy come from another world like that and be so incredibly eat up with a new event. He's and it's so unbelievable. passionate. And it was so awesome to see him make. Ricky
0: Nicolazzi is another rainer too, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's been Calhurst quite Calhurst a cowhorse guy, but I mean, but that guy's been around. I mean, that's just—he's a great horseman. That guy. You
3: yeah. Know. Well, and they've owned Wrangler, who has done the world's greatest. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. That's been awesome too. Yeah. And I know I've seen him there watching Wrangler, and you can see how pumped he gets for that. Yeah. And then watching him in the finals this year was pretty cool. I thought.
2: Yeah, we had him on our podcast there in the full contact, and he was talking about how many times he falls off. <laughs> and, like, and but I mean, but just to put to win that much in an event, and then to put yourself out there as much as he has, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like just to start at the bottom and just claw his way, and then be able to make the open finals and snap Like I mean, I was so pumped for him. Like seriously, the other thing that took some sting out of me not making the finals was well, I'm Del like, making well, Dell made it. So like, Dell made it, and Doug made it at seventy-eight years yeah. old. Like yeah. Doug Williamson. Seventy eight years old makes the Snavel Bit Finals. Holy crap. So those two guys and my man CJ Shotbell, he's been plugging around, plugging around, made his first open finals. I'm like, I don't know how many bumps I took, but I'm like, man, if them three guys bump me out, I'll watch this year. <laughs> I, I, you know, you hold on to your hats next year. But uh yeah, yeah, I'll watch this year if I need to.
1: There were a lot of first-timers first this year. There was five first-timers, yeah. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. Gusty. Yeah, throw and, uh, Gusty in Jordan, there. Jordan. Jordan, Jordan and Williamson.
0: Ben Baldus. Jordan Williams. Or Williams, yeah, yep, that's Jordan. right. Not Jordan Williamson. She used to kick my tail in the youth back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, Jordan was the one that overspun last year. He had a really good Yeah, person. he won the round in the yeah. herd
2: and overspun in the ran. And yeah, that was horrible. We Co- Cody we
0: and I were talking about – <laughs> he's kind of been around. I think he's obviously been around Boyd. A bunch of being in this area, and my first interactions with him were just out of cutting. You know, I didn't even really know that he was that into the NRCHA stuff. And then you come and see his horses, and you're like, "Damn! Like this guy knows exactly what he's doing." Yeah, they yeah. look good. It was good.
3: it was so cool to see. I mean, everybody's face, you know, after they had they spun their cow around or whatever, and. But, like, some of those first-timers, you could tell. Like, I mean, it was just like, you know, it's done. Even if it didn't go as well as they wanted it to, it didn't matter. Like, there's so much emotion there that that finals night with all those first-timers. It was so cool to watch those people. Somebody
2: was asking the other day about, like, so many people, like, fist-pumping, like, on a 216 or 217 run. I'm like, dude, you don't understand how hard it is to get them cows worked in that Will Rogers. I mean, like – like, you get worked in there on that finals night with that much energy in there and them cows are eating on your hind parts, like, you did something. If you yeah. marked a 13, like, throw your hat, dude. Like, it, like don't be bashful about it. Well, like, and even, it's
3: cool. Even those 16s and 13s, I mean, there's still a lot going on in that fence run. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not like they're just trotting around to stop these cows. Right. Like, yeah. And most of the time they probably mark those 13s or 16s because they had a little bit of a mistake taking a chance or something. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's – Falls to the walls flat out. It's a yeah. tough pen. I mean, yeah.
2: No, that was it, Miles uh, Brown. He come out there, and I mean, and it didn't go like he wanted to, but man, he took his shot, right? He took his shot to win, and it didn't work. And so, like, me and Russell are standing up there in the top, and we're like, dude, it's cool. Mm. You're fine, dude. Like, hold your head up. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's bummed. But yeah. it was his
0: it was, first it, open finals, it, too. My no, no? second. The open finals yeah, Miss Scarlett's oh, yeah.
2: cat. Yeah, yep. good horse. Yep. hmm. Yeah, and he kept his head about him this year. That one, he kind of, I don't know what he was doing. He went in there at rain work on the, the first time yeah. and he kind of went mucho fast. Yeah. It was leads going everywhere. <laughs> that'll, that'll
3: happen from yeah. what little raining I've done. Right? I was going fast when I was supposed to be going slow and slow when I was supposed to be going fast. Clay Rozier and Nolan there at the back gate, they were like, hurry, hurry, hustle. And then come back around again. They're like, now slow down, slow down. <laughs> and I'm like, there's just one circle, man. Right. Already <laughs> telling me to slow down. So I, and I could see, especially on a finals night.
2: Oh. There's nothing like them kicking a cow in on that yeah. Paul Rogers on
3: finals night. That's yet. pretty cool. Right. Speaking of finals, uh, talk a little bit about the Hackamore class. It was <laughs> It was well, a, God, God bless
2: Taylor Sheridan, Paramount Pictures, and Yellowstone. That's all I can say. Yeah.
1: The the bridal finals was next. I really wanted to lead the banner up for that, too, and do yeah. the same arrangement.
2: Cor- Corey asked him if they'd leave it up for the bridal, and Taylor said for $181,000, i will leave it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, like I said, I don't know like i was telling you guys earlier i might have to take a little responsibility i was first in that hackamore class and i looked up there and seen that banner and i'm like man what in the world how am i going to get around this (laughs) and i didn't ask the guys at the back gate like hey what's up with this banner down there (laughs) and uh but once i went it was kind of it was stuck there for everybody else yeah and so mine shot off of a little bit it was funny mine actually got tighter running and stopping away from the banner i don't know what was going on there but she was like looking for the banner that wasn't at the other end <laughs> but uh yeah super cool of taylor to uh to come up and you know get let everybody get a first place check i mean that was unbelievable that because was cool. you know really everybody was pretty cool about it all the way through um, until they took the banner down at the halfway point right? yeah. Like no 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 no, no you got to leave no, it up now. no it's been there like i'm fine with uh i'm fine with them uh you know, whatever, if we got an extra obstacle out there. But uh, it's going to be up there for everybody. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and then the bridal finals, Shine Smarter. Yeah, she you was guys, good. You guys were second?
1: Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. yeah. You were second on her? I was yeah, fourth f- on Sally? Fourth. Yeah. Man, in bridal classes are hard, though. Hmm. Like I was, like, second out on Sally, I think, and I was, uh, I don't know, 19 and a half and a 20 or something. Ended up fourth. Like, well... Thanks for coming. Sick. <laughs> yeah, I think that was fun.
0: We interrupt this interview with Chris and Sarah Dawson to take a moment to talk about one of our sponsors. Ghostwood Blended Bourbon Whiskey is a whiskey that perfectly pairs with the stories you'll share by the light of a campfire on a dark autumn night. This blended whiskey is a classic bourbon with added depth and spice, a mild sweetness, and is barrel matured to absolute perfection. The result is, is a signature bourbon whiskey without compare, which flows warmly across the tongue, hints at pepper, and finishes with a rich spice cake note. Be sure to check out Ghostwood Bourbon Whiskey at Shrick's Liquor 2 in Hudson Oaks and all across West Texas. Once again, check out Ghostwood Whiskey on Facebook as well as their website www.ghostwoodwhiskey.com to find a location that sells Ghostwood Whiskey near you.
3: <laughs> I do have a question about the, you mentioned the draft, so who gets first pick next year and how does the draft work?
1: Well, we switch on and off, so last year I got first pick, and then this year he gets first pick, and so that's how that works. Is that
3: why you were riding them on Monday right after the snapper, <laughs> see, see what the figure draft out. picks were, were working out to be?
1: No, we, we're pouring to the two-year-olds right now for sure to figure out what everything is and what they want to be um but no the draft works pretty good because um, yeah we just i mean we have about 10 of those things and so he'll pick one i'll pick one he'll pick one and then we'll just go through until they're gone and credit
2: winston and paul Hansma for giving us that idea
1: yes
3: well yeah because it i mean i feel like it would be hard i'm sure there's probably times where you might swap horses because you think that one person might get along with one better but I think it's a good idea to keep it fair and i mean
1: and we do it late enough in the year like it's usually about january february yeah, it depends the, on
3: the
2: year sometimes it's now weeks. sometimes it's february Yeah,
1: and like we've both ridden them en- enough to where we kind of know who gets along with who and and who likes what style and so it's have we ever switched halfway through the year on one?
2: I don't think. I mean, I like I'll get on something, or mm-hmm. you'll get on something, but as far as actually switching, yeah. we've switched after the fraternity and that didn't work either. We've, we just found out that we were both better horse trainers than we thought we were. <laughs> Cause I think we had a couple one year and we're like, man, I don't know why you're fighting that so much. Like, that's an easy fix. I can fix and that in a week and or they two. Were still terrible. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I say so pretty much any time it happens we just find out that we're both better horse trainers than we thought and so
3: <laughs> how does that work on a daily basis too with you know i mean getting each other's help or offering up advice or do you So we not- have
2: two flags Cody and they face away from each other I see so
1: I feel like we handle it very well I mean
3: Well I think so
2: There's been a There's been a learning curve I mean like I mean There's not very many people That are in this situation though. I don't think But uh, No it's I think it can be A really good deal You know And like I say Because I mean how much Do you get out of Going to working With your buddies You know what I mean mm-hmm. Like Now do you want to work With them every day And have them have your input No like, sometimes you just need to kind of grind through it for a little bit, figure yeah. it out. And,
1: I mean, I think it's really important to just not let your ego get in the way. Like, that mare that I wanted on, I was having a little trouble with her down the fence um, a month before the charity, and so I had, a, had Chris Worker down the fence for me for a week straight, and... I think it just helped her a lot to change subjects, you know, and have Mm -hmm. a little different perspective of what was going on. I might take a little bit more offense to things that she was doing than he did. Um, And so it's like for me to to set my ego aside right there is super important. And to just realize that I can use him as an asset, you know, and Mm -hmm. and help me through those situations. And I've done that with a few of them, especially down the fence um, over the years.
2: Well, I think that she touched on a really important thing there, that ego is what gets to be everybody's biggest nemesis. You know, I mean, and not necessarily from an arrogant standpoint, but just that, you know, if you can't set that aside and what is going to do the best for this horse today, then, you know, I I think you're setting yourself up for failure. And so if you can set that aside and just, you know, do whatever you feel like, you need to do for that horse i think it's going to be great stuff you know and that whether that's like I say you know we'll do that with our friends all the time Absolutely. right and yeah. so it gets a little funny when it's all of a sudden it's your spouse or whatever and we're there every day but yeah i think uh, as long as you're secure enough in your own abilities you're like hey listen i'm having a little trouble right here like she's trying to fix one of mine and they're in right now because and Not because I didn't let her ride it before the fraternity, but because she didn't want to help me. (laughs) I was trying to get her to help me on this one before the fraternity.
0: Did the year feel any different for you, just like in regards to preparation being out the first first part of the year?
1: You know, it did not. Um, And I was really worried about that while I was pregnant and wondering how bouncing back was going to be. But um, for me... And I realize it's not like this for everybody, but I am very fortunate that it was a very seamless transition. And I mean, I felt like I can kind of pick up right where I left off. And uh, yeah, the the whole pregnancy thing for me was, was very easy and couldn't have gone any better. So I'm very blessed that I didn't have any complications there.
0: That is good. I think I remember the first show you were back at was at Scottsdale, I believe if I'm not mistaken, and I think you made the finals out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, on a little gun of trash um, Yeah, she made the open finals um, and won the novice horse. Uh, and so that that was nice, too, and maybe like a little confidence boost, like being so close to having Hadley um, that things were kind of on the right track, at least.
2: She's being pretty modest here, but like I say, I don't think this happens for everybody, but she had a whopping 16 days off.
1: I don't recommend that, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, two days before having the child, probably not F- FDA 14, approved. <laughs> no. Fourteen days after.
4: Um,
2: yeah. So Th- the doctor get you some was of not that. aware.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when you really think about it, like that's a pretty solid year. Like you win your sports premier event, you have your first child. <laughs> right. Like. just
3: are... win it though. For- first and fourth. Yeah. Right? First
0: and fourth. Yeah. Uh,
1: no. No. Twenty twenty is gonna hold a special place in my heart for sure. <laughs>
2: Yeah. All the pictures of you wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Were, were you
0: wearing masks in the victory? Did y'all have to wear masks in the
2: mm-hmm. victory? I was no, going to say. No, it was pretty lax there in Fort Worth. Yeah. It was, we were, luckily, it wasn't. A, you know, I mean, South Davis. Point. God bless South Point for letting us have events out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know what? Like, that's really the only show that we've really had to wear masks the whole time. But the rules were the same for everybody the whole time. And we were
0: totally cool with it. And. Yeah, yeah so. it seemed like the snaffle bit wasn't as strict on was Very relaxed about wearing it. a mask as the derby back in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had our pre there in August, and
2: they kind of lost my confidence because the rules changed midway through the show. Like, when we started, you were supposed to have your mask on all the time. By the end of the week, it was like, well, if you're in your seats, you don't need to have a mask on. Yeah. I'm like, well, apparently y'all don't really care, so... Um, yeah i'm out and so like i say when you go to changing the rules that's when it gets a little funky a little funky
0: obviously 2020 snapple bit fraternity was memorable we talked a little bit about it before we started recording but you were first on one fourth on another and then you had one fall on you in the and the prelims yep in the rain work
1: in the rain work <laughs> Is that
0: not normal, I guess? I guess you're probably going to more than likely have one fall on you in the cow
1: work. It's very abnormal for one. Unless
2: Sarah does (laughs) it intentionally because he was out of lead for
0: three points.
1: Nobody (laughs) remembers that because he (laughs) fell down.
0: True. I wouldn't have known that anyway, though. (laughs)
2: kind of like if you hot quit one in the cutting and then it fell down and be like, "Oh my God, Caden, are you okay?" Yeah, but like, oh, I'm just no, trying I just forgot to, about that hot quit. If I <laughs> fell off, it would
0: be so hard to show even the next week. I feel like it would just mentally be hard for me to come back from She's that. A She's a sociopath.
3: Jesus, <laughs> I feel like you haven't fallen off enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely much- not in Fort Worth at the premiere. Oh event. yeah, I mean. Well, she I mean, rode that, him to the ground. I mean, her horse fell down. It like she that just rolled down her and that fell off of him. Mean. That is true. <laughs> that that does, might that shake guys.
3: That in the cow horse event more than it tends to happen in Oh, way
0: world. more. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen someone fall in the cutting. The most memorable fall in the cutting off subject is Wild Hickory Bob and Justin White in the World Finals one year. I don't know if you remember that. Legit. Somersault in the watt. I mean, scariest thing I've ever seen.
1: Going across the pen? Yeah. Or a like turn. just trying
0: to trying to stop a cow going across the pen, mm. and this cow would not stop. I mean, it completely, and the horse did a full on somersault over the cow. It was unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Like I thought the guy was crushed.
1: Everyone was okay, though? Yeah.
0: Everybody was fine. Justin White, looking Sometimes back at how horse, it happened so fast that
1: so you, don't, fast.
0: you don't even
3: have time to get tangled up or, just I like I mean, the it bonanza
0: just, with that blind cow and the amateur i don't know if y'all have seen that on youtube it steps out and i think it was paul Hans was helping in the corner and i mean the guy is just coming across the pin, and this cow is blind and it's left eye and just doesn't see the horse and just steps right out there and i mean just t but, it, oh yeah. it was it's scary mean, yeah just like you said it just like that i had me
3: a wreck at the bonanza one year in Glenrose. <laughs> that's was, where
0: this one was too it was bad <laughs>
3: Glen Rose yeah. is a good place for wrecks, but it's I not guess. necessarily horse showing. No. This old Turnback Colt tried to buck me off.
0: All I think about at Glen Rose is those rubber loose. things coming down from the – you're, like, trying to lead your dual-ray mare three-year-old through these, like, rubber, like – meat locker thing. through the. Like, they feel like they're going to doing, the horse doing, obstacle yeah, course like a, <laughs> this thing's for and i'm an amateur how do you expect me to get this thing in? <laughs> no i'd
1: say my wrist wreck was cutting <laughs> at home cutting oh, on yeah. dallas that three-year-old and we were cutting a cow and she like proceeds to, to just run over the other three cows that were in the pen and yeah it was a wreck
2: yeah i'd take her to the hospital <laughs> it's a horrible state of affairs. And riding
3: these horses is no joke
2: I'm going to tell you, I've had holding herd. I've gotten into more crap holding herd. I had a guy jump a cow over me in Pueblo, Colorado one time and like hang his foot through the tarp on the fence. And then I'm in the watt, and a gal comes running around there in the amateur class and like turns the corner and running straight at me. Like, I grab her saddle horn because this horse is falling down and is gonna crush her into the concrete wall. Like, her breast collar cuts my leg. Like, I'm like, this I should get hazard
0: pay for this
1: full contact. Wow,
0: yes. yeah, full no pun in, I'm
2: like, son of a gun, dude.
1: This is just the hard work for crying out loud. Let's not
0: kill everybody. NCHA cutting, full contact.
3: <laughs> Jesse Lennox is the king of uh corner guy rings, really. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well if he'd just be still for a minute. Yeah, he's not that he's not that tight. <laughs> he's
2: not the be still kind. No,
3: he's uh <laughs> he's a mover. Yeah. Brad Butchery
2: at the Snap Bit is turning back for John Rosier. John didn't like the horse that Brad Butchery was using to turn back on, so he made him get on his horse. With 11 seconds to go in the run, Brad gets bucked off in the center of the arena. <laughs> I ruins mean, ruin John's run. Ruins John's run. And he's oh, on John's man. turn horse. It oh, was the man. most classic thing in the world. That is awesome. I mean, drilled him right in the, I mean, dead center in the arena. Smoked That's
3: awesome. Those stories, like, when shit happens, like that are the best. I, love, I mean, it's. You never know when something like that can happen. Jesse
0: will have one just blow up in yeah. the corner. Like just come undone. He's What's usually he's trying vibrating. To, it's <laughs> he's, like, just be still for a second.
3: He's trying to get there where he knows he's supposed to be. He can't get his colt there, so then he still tries to get there to stop the cow, and
0: his horse a lot of times just doesn't. This episode is also brought to you by the PEA Nautilus Saltwater Spa. The PEA Nautilus Saltwater Spa is a spa designed for equine animals to help prevent lower leg issues and disease. The PEA Nautilus Saltwater Spa is trusted by trainers, owners, and veterinarians to keep the equine athlete feeling their best. Be sure to check out the PEA Nautilus Saltwater Spa at this year's 2020 NCHA World Championship Futurity. They're going to have tons of deals uh, rolling throughout the show um, to fit your horse's R&R needs. Also, be sure to check out the PEA so- Nautilus Saltwater Spa Facebook page ASAP. Like I said, check out the PEA Nautilus Saltwater Spa on Facebook, and Dr. Tyler Troop and Candler will get your horse dialed in and get them feeling their best. <coughs> Where'd you grow up again?
1: California. That's right. I think mm-hmm. I knew that. Southern? Uh, both northern and southern. Um, southern for the second half of my childhood so like high school years yeah Yeah, near Santa Barbara
3: how'd you get into cow horses
1: uh my dad probably uh he started doing the cow horse deal um and it was when I was like 14 or 15 and I I wanted to tag along and so we both started doing it together and so I showed in the youth
3: and who'd you work for as you moved up in the ranks
1: yeah uh Sandy Collier John and then Carol Rose.
0: So Sandy Collier is the only other female yes. to win. That's kind of cool. I not know that. So did you know Gusty growing up out there? Or
1: um, not necessarily there? from California. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I knew Gusty um, from just being around it. It was pretty
0: cool to see her do so well this year. Just we've been close with her. It's and
1: Really awesome. Yeah, because she went, um, went a long time working for a bunch of cutters. Yeah, huh?
0: she lived yeah. across the street from you guys. Worked for Budge, worked for Matt, worked for Armando. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we loved seeing Gusty do well. Yeah, she's she's a great hand.
3: Cutting horse training.
0: Yep, Spud too. So what are the next steps for y'all's faturity horses? Not only Silver Ray and the Chick Mare, but the ones that you're showing as well, Chris, or the ones that you showed at the faturity?
1: You know, after the faturity, they all get just a little bit of time off, you know, to just kind of R&R type deal. Um, but, uh, their first horse show back will be in February, the celebration of champions. There's a Derby, um, attached to that. And yeah, they'll just, uh, do all the, the Derby deals. Their their four-year-old year. So
0: what's the difference in like the, the, is the Derby in the NRCHA four and five-year-olds? Am I correct on it that? Is. And then what's the class? I guess we have like a classic challenge. It's five and six-year-olds Is is that they're an older class for we
2: don't have that. We have the four- and five-year-olds for the derbies. And then, uh, basically, then you move into the two-reign as a six-year-old, or any age, as long as they haven't been down the fence in a bridle. And you can do the two-reign, which is uh, just a bridle with a bozolita under it. And so there's basically just a lot of reins to get tangled up in. <laughs> and But you can have your fingers between them
0: and kind of help them a little more. And so it's kind of a green bridle class well my dad my first like intro to the just horse world in general was just like the vaquero style of horsemanship so my dad had all sorts of bozals and horsehair macotties and all sorts of crap so that was kind of my first intro to the horse world was just like hearing about horses straight up in the bridle and two rein and all that stuff so Coming and seeing, like, there's a two-rein class. Like, you we know, all have, like, a big loop com- competition, too, later on? or
2: well, It would be nice. It would be nice. But, no, like, uh, if we had this year, I think uh, Chad Blaisdell would have won it. Mm-hmm. They had a Ranch and Heritage there at the Snaffle Bit And he uh, darn sure oh, give it right. the Jordan Valley actually. That action. is one
0: of the cooler things that they offer is the isn't there like a cowboy class too like i saw Uh, kelsey love was shown in the
2: yeah no there is and it's i'm gonna tell you what this is the first year i'm holy cow is eligible for that ranch and heritage so i went over there and showed with our buddy matt cook and i was so nervous like and then i get over there and come to find out it's just the same pattern that we would have run in a cow horse class and then you box and go down the fence and then you pull up and then you go rope it but i was so nervous Like I had butterflies, like the first time I ever showed. Like it was, it was so much fun. Like I mean, I was all the way in. I got, uh, you know, I think I ended up third, but uh, it was, it was fun class.
0: Was that the guy you were talking about that, um, just the good old boy that you were talking about on the last podcast? I can't remember. I think he won the intermediate, maybe that you talked to. Told him congrats. And he was just oh
3: no 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 Uh, Brent, Brent Pollock the the non pro -pro. oh the non pro Mm -hmm.
0: non pro Yeah. yeah. Was he from like a cowboy background too, or?
3: I think so. He lives up in Idaho and raises all his own. Yeah, I don't know that much. Just about a him. good old boy. And he was for some reason. Wouldn't I was thinking change that. if he could. Mm. Change if he could. Now I know they raise all their own horses, and he trains them all himself. I believe, or probably. I mean, I'm sure he gets some help somewhere, like we all do. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah.
1: No, I'd say like as far as what's next for these horses, I'd have to say there's a big hats off to NRCHA because they've worked really hard to um, really raise money and sponsorships for the two rein and the bridle. And so, cause like before it seemed like the four and five year old years was it for these horses as far as an opportunity to win money. But now it's like, there's a reason for those owners to keep the horses in training to, to go show in the two rain And then after that, um, to go show in the bridle. and. It was really exciting. I was looking down, like, the list um, of the open brattle horses this year at Snafflebit because they have the the year the horses were born, and there were a bunch of horses that were over 10 years old in that deal, and so for there to just be that longevity in these horses' careers and somewhere for them to go to keep winning money is really exciting. Right, and
2: that's the horsemanship aspect of it, too, you know? I mean, Snafflebit is uh, probably the biggest paycheck they're really going to get to run at, but keeping it in perspective that that is the first horse show in these horses career and trying to build a bridal horse, you know, and, and and shout out to Jay McLaughlin. I think it was really his brainchild to get some money into the two rain deal. Mm-hmm. And that has really taken off because before you'd have the fraternity, you'd have the derbies, and then you had a select select group of bridal horses that were good enough. To go be in the bridle class and it was a small group but by putting that money in the two rein those horses are able to stay in training and be able to keep going and keep winning money and develop into bridle horses is really i mean it's grown us exponentially I well
3: think. and and i mean it's probably no secret that showing a bridle horse that's trained is a lot easier than showing a three-year-old it's so, so much fun. it's a it's a good way to get people into the sport uh-huh. and get them hooked on doing, doing well, this. And, we see and being that a, a
2: lot too, Cody. I mean that people want to be like, "I oh, I want to get in the cow am going to get a three-year-old. Well, that's kind of silly really. I mean, because like, I'm going to, it's kind of like I grew up in Nebraska up there and we were near a BLM and we'd have people show up and be like, Hey, we adopted this Mustang for our five-year-old kid and we would like them to grow together. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in happen. my life, right? Like when you want to call the authorities on child
0: abuse for you right now. What you have here, lady, is a feral horse.
2: Right? <laughs> exactly. And so like you say, if you want to get into this deal, the best way to do it is to get a bridle horse that kind of has an idea about what's going on and go show a little bit and find out whether or not you like this or not. And then, kind of scale back down like then get a derby horse then go to the fraternities but so many people just think oh shoot this looks easy i'm gonna get a three-year-old all right well that
0: suits us just fine because we love added money yeah Yeah. exactly well that's just like in cutting terms when i started i started showing a 12 year old Star instant choice gilding at weekend shows in graham texas that cost my dad 85 dollars to enter me in the youth So what you're supposed to do Showed and did that for a while, and then, just like you said, showed in the five-, six-year-old. It's just like you think about your first cutting experience being at the NCAA, NCHA Futurity. If that's your first cutting experience, you're probably not going to want to do it again. No. You know? Because it's not going to go well. Well, the odds are
3: not in your favor. Yeah. When I mean, you think about it, 20 horses make the finals out of the biggest group of horses, and it's like, it's the cream of the crop, and it's no, it's not easy getting to those finals. Yeah. And, no. It makes it more inviting. I mean, same thing. Like, I had an awesome experience. The horse that I rode in the Cow Horse for Cutters, she was trained, and all I had to do was just point her in, in the direction we were supposed to be going. But it would have sucked if I would have had to know more. You know? <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> try and jockey this thing around yeah. two-handed. I, I had yeah. no idea. I was just, like, point, and when it was time to stop, just pull back and say, whoa and that was it. And it made it enjoyable to where I want to try this, you know. I want to get on one and a younger one and hopefully a Metellus cat and try to go show it. But I'm darn sure. I mean, entering up for the fraternity is probably not going to be in my like real soon future, but at some point it will be
2: my amigo Casey Deary. He shows up uh, at the world's greatest horseman and decides that's going to be his debut cow horse show. When he got done, he was like, maybe I should have went to a weekend show. And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. (laughs) I mean, Right, Maybe try this somewhere. Yeah. But
1: the best part about that story is he went off pattern in, in the, the rain. In the rain work. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's what happens at the world's to greatest, million
3: though.
2: $2 rainer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many times he's won the fraternity and everything else, mm-hmm. and he's outstanding. But, yeah, went off pattern in the rain work. But uh, you see that all the time. Like, your best ropers miss – I mean your best. Did you best say Adon cutters? missed a cut? I, mm-hmm. yeah, like Adon went to the fraternity uh went to the fraternity when he showed Cat Diesel and he had two that year. And the other horse that he showed that year he missed a cut for crying out loud. I was like, dude, of all the things that I thought
0: were gonna go wrong this week, you missing a cut was not one of them. Yeah, that's like Spud told me He's like, Hey mate, I'm I've lost my first cow with two hands up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Because so that was a sad day. I was like, man, I cannot even imagine. Like right. Even you just spud in the at the NCHA fraternity has been automatic for so many years. It's right. got multiple in the finals. And he's like, I I've, I've lost a cow with two hands, like with my hands up. Like.
3: And using them. Not yeah. just like two Right. Yeah. You're using,
0: not using them. Actually like pulling. Yeah. 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 So talk a little bit about your owner. Uh, Silver Ray was owned by Sherry Jameson. From what I understand, she's been a pretty big proponent of the cow horse. Um, and just raising horses and entering horses. So um, what, what do you, you want to say about Sherry?
1: She has, you know, she's been in it a long time, and she's done so much for the NRCHA over the years, and has, um, I mean, just been such a big, big advocate for the sport, and she really has an amazing story. And so for for her to be able to enjoy the success um i i couldn't be it couldn't have happened to a better person really um it's it's very special when
0: did she acquire this horse
1: oh we sold her uh what would it be october of her two-year-old year nice
2: yeah we took her in the snuff bit last year's two-year-old and showed her to her and like i say she just had the trust in us and like i say watch how that horse you know came into town and performed in town as a two-year-old and Decided to get on board with it. And so, yeah, it's super cool to see that, uh, that pay off for her.
1: Yeah, it's really neat. And then she also has horses with Corey Cushing, yep. too. Um, and so he won the world's greatest on one of her horses, That's actually. Right. But uh, just an amazing lady.
2: Yeah. And Yvonne Mathieu had uh, brought her into the industry years ago. And he was, he was a great horseman himself. And then she had horses with uh, Nicholas Bartholomew after that. And like I say, she's been around a, a long time and, like I say, has really done a lot for the sport and has, uh, yeah, it's not like just, she didn't just show up on the scene, you know, and like I say, so. She's paid her dues. Yeah, for her and Avon, you know, for their dreams to kind of come true here when it's now 50 is pretty darn
0: cool. Well, how Dude. important is it for a customer to buy in and just tell you, hey, whatever you guys think is right, whatever you guys want to do, do. I mean, how important is that at, well, for you I, as a horse trainer? I
2: think in any in any discipline, that's the way to go, right? I mean, find somebody you trust and yeah. let them start, help you make some decisions. You know, I mean, you'll have a lot of owners that'll show up and be like, hey, I just went and bought this horse for $200,000. This is supposed to be the fraternity champion. Here you go.
1: I don't think you realize how important it is until you get those customers that don't give you that liberty. And then you're like, whoa, this just got a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah, for them to just, to trust you, to do your job the way it's supposed to be done is huge.
0: Well, for me, there's no, there's a reason why those people own horses that win all the time in the yep. open, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, I mean, we kind of touched on it before or earlier, but I mean, nobody wants to do good as much as you do. Yep. and. And it's not like you go down there and you're like, Man, I really just hope I miss the finals. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And and to have those those customers that have that trust in you and your program is like it's icing on the cake. You know, it's it makes it that much more sweeter when the victory does come, I think.
2: Yeah, I know, like for me, two years in a row, I've missed the finals for holy cow for by half point, two years in a row now. And I mean on pretty darn good horses. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work you know that's part of it it's part of it you know and so like i say every year you have i mean it's seldom to have a year to where you make the finals on all the horses you brought like whether you bring two or whether you bring six i mean to make the finals on all of them is a rarity absolutely And so that you i mean everybody has a pretty good you know we've all are pretty practiced up at not making the finals for people and it sucks but it's just part of the game
1: yeah, and that's the thing. It's like each horse you bring there, it, they have a story, and the owners have a story, and you hear about the ones that are in the spotlight, but then it's like the, those other ones that don't make it. It's I They mean, still have that story too. They still just, have that story.
3: Their story didn't have the ending that the, the other ones did.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and it's funny because you'll have those customers too that seem like, I mean, they're the best customers, and they give you every opportunity to do good. And it's like, for whatever reason, it's like they just end up right under the line every year. And it's like, what in the world is going on? Like, wow. What What do I got to do? What's happening here? You know, and I mean, am I just trying too hard for that person? Which, I mean, you just don't under... that's That's a phenomenon that I don't think that the owners understand that we go through. And I don't know if your general public understands because... Like you say, you'll just have these great owners that all they want to do is you to do good. And even if they're buying horses and doing everything right, but it's just not working. I don't, I mean. That's it just, the hard. And that's that that's a lot of times where that story
3: gets even sweeter, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, because then.
2: Yeah, four or five times
0: this has happened and then yeah. you finally make the finals on them. And it's like, heck yep. yeah.
3: Exactly. Finally. Exactly.
0: That's why the fraternity is fun. And that's why. Those owners keep coming back is because
1: it makes it addicting. Yeah,
0: they love that gamble. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I like to gamble on more things than one, but that's why <laughs> I keep coming back. because it's fun to think about what you have and should you buy, should you sell, should you show? Should I mean? There's so many things that play into you going to the gate and and uh, being well, that, that feeling first round.
3: in the finals and and the the snaffle bits growing and I mean. If COVID didn't happen this year and we were at full capacity, I'm sure the World Rogers. Imagine
2: it would what packed. that would have been like because it, it was, was so loud. It was insane this year, mm-hmm.
3: insane. And, and that's addicting too. Just that that energy and that emotion. I mean, everybody's pulling for everybody. Uh, you're waiting for the next good run, and it just that's that to me is the most addicting part of it. Whether it's the fraternity finals, snap a bit finals, World's greatest. It's all. It's just that rush of energy because it's like it, you get your blood gets pumping.
1: It's exciting. Yep. Yeah.
0: Anything
3: else? Speaking of the fraternity, are you guys showing in the cutting horse fraternity this year?
2: I've got I've got two entered. I don't know if I'm gonna show Is them. Is your first or fraternity
3: not. last year? Of ones that you trained?
2: No, I've shown a few of four them. Yeah, a couple, yeah. Four. Yeah, I keep showing, I keep donating.
3: <laughs> not last year. You're in the intermediate uh, I made
2: limited finals of the Derby a couple years ago.
3: Oh, yep. Sherry did real Sherry, well. On last
2: horse. year I had that's my right. first N C H A finalist was an unlimited right. amateur. Yep. Not exactly the way I had my first NCHA final fraternity finalist draw it up, but hey, I'll but take it.
0: If somebody can come and so, ride behind you, that right. that's a statement on your horse training because I mean, coming from someone that puts their horses in training, there's nothing better than getting on one and being confident right. at the fraternity in the amateur because there's not a lot of amateurs that are confident at the right. fraternity. So So
2: I've got a limited amateur that's going to come show this year. We're going to go to uh, Johnny's pre-work this week, and he's going to come down there. and work him and see what's up. And I've got uh, actually a one-time out of the same mother, out of Shine Smarter, that I'm going to show in the open, and we'll see what's up there.
0: Perfect. That'll be fun. We'll be yeah. we'll be looking for that one. Another one of Shine Smarter's babies going to be showing it in another this year did y'all raise that one there at the house as well
1: mm-hmm. yep, nice. my parents bred her too cool. she actually belongs to my parents
0: that's awesome perfect it's mm-hmm. gonna be super exciting well sarah hey, family big congratulations on being the 2020 open snaffle bit fraternity champion um thank you guys so much for coming over hey, to she didn't sing a song yet kid <laughs> 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 i'm not
2: gonna you put someone on the spot you like gotta that get her to sing a song can't she it. can't leave without singing a song. I can.
1: What I've are you going to sing? Done it I'm Babe, what are you going
0: to sing for them? Twinkle, twinkle, little star to her daughter tonight in bed. No, before she, she doesn't goes do to bed. that. I'll
1: sing you the pickle song if you really want to hear it. We want to hear the,
0: <laughs> the pickle song. The
2: pickle song is getting to be... It's going to be the most <laughs> famous song in the world by the end of this week.
1: Okay, I need quiet.
2: Okay. Quiet on the set. cucumber. <laughs> I'm a cucumber.
1: I'm a cucumber. I'm a cucumber. Please don't take me to the pickle farm. <laughs> That's it.
2: <laughs> that know. was awesome. I don't even know what to do with that. That
4: was awesome. <laughs> it's that not better awesome. than it
2: was the other night. Right?
1: <laughs> Whatever. i thought it was pretty good i
0: thought that was pretty good does hadley like it she loves it have That's you ever seen it to hadley?
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> but she loves it
1: she loves it yeah
0: no but seriously congratulations thank, thank you, you so much um we appreciate y'all's friendship and uh be sure to check out cowhorse full contact tons of good content gonna be coming out from the snaffle bit fraternity hey, and mistaken. we've got
2: and we've got uh, i don't know hopefully ben gets it edited down but uh buster. we've got some buster welch yeah. stuff coming out so uh pretty excited about that i know pretty i'll stoked. be
0: excited about listening listening to that yeah it was Father fun cutting was i'm fun. sure there's a bunch of knowledge thrown around yeah
2: like we were hung out with buster for like eight and a half hours down there at his house nabling so it was uh pretty entertaining that's awesome yeah
0: well thanks again guys and uh we'll be seeing y'all down the road
4: Thanks, guys. Well, when I look back on all I've learned, most bridges still stand, yeah, but some lay burned. Love that was made and the love that was lost. It's been worth it despite all the cost. Promises were made, but most were broken. Words I needed, I always left unspoken. Some say scars only heal with time. So it seems I've left my glass behind When the road ends, though, I'll find another way I'll follow that sunset to brighter days So let's raise a glass to our memories Hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Oh you know it, my friend, we'll be gone long gone, gone long gone. Now, loving lady luck, splitting half day trains, so I'll wait right till they come back again. We'll watch another sunset slowly fade away and save our last words for another day then we'll all celebrate yeah we'll all laugh and dance we'll do it all so nothing's even left to chance as long as there's a drink and a few good friends we'll ride this train until it ends so hop on board won't you please come along because the times we shared are what made this song so let's raise a glass to our memories and hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long, gone Gone, long, gone So I'll keep on going, I'll keep on trucking You tie me down, I won't stop bucking Gonna keep picking on these six strings One day you'll see what my music brings And I'll thank all the ones who said to never quit And I'll laugh at all the others who gave me shit Regrets, they travel hand in hand with age My remedy's waiting for me up on center stage one day I'll be up here yeah, in the spotlight Just doing what I love and everything will be alright Everything's gonna be alright Oh, everything will be alright tonight So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, long gone and hopefully you have someone to love, hold them tight and raise your glass above, cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long, gone, yeah, gone, long, gone.